The Chris Perillo Show is brought to you by Microsoft Windows Media. Download Windows Media Player 10 at Microsoft.com slash Windows Media. Good Thursday night, everyone. I'm Tyler Cooper, Locker No Mobile Lifestyle Contributor and the webmaster of Tyler'sWorld.com, my own personal high-tech blog. It's a crazy, spectacular world. Check it out. Let's get down to business. This week in the cell phone world, many celebrities change their phone numbers. I bet you're wondering why. What if it had to do with a hot blonde number? A hot blonde number who is the heiress to the Hilton Hotel fortune. That's right. Paris Hilton's T-Mobile sidekick was hacked yet again. Some pranksters found a way to download and post to the Internet Paris's notes, camera phone images, and her entire celebrity-filled address book, including the numbers of Anna Kornikova, Eminem, Avril Lavigne, and many more upset celebs. Now, if you've been following the story, you know there were a few images that I would deem, well, questionable. By questionable, I mean Paris had a few R-rated images. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. Paris's little snafu has caused quite a few problems in Hollywood, with lots of celebs scrambling to change their cell phone numbers. In fact, it's even become a joke amongst those wearing T-shirts from Glarkware.com that say, Paris made me change my number. Rather than tell you all the juicy things I've learned about Paris's life from reading all that, let's talk about how you can prevent similar things from happening to you. First off, the Sidekick is a smartphone for the T-Mobile network. It's a fancy phone with a built-in PDA that has a flip-top keyboard. You've probably seen the Sidekick 2 in the T-Mobile commercial with Paris Hilton, Snoop Dogg, and Wayne Newton. Is it me, or is Wayne Newton really random in that ad? The Sidekick 2 that Paris was using copies all of its data to the T-Mobile network, so it can be retrieved via the web by the user. Someone either knew Paris's password or got lucky and guessed one of T-Mobile's security questions, such as, what's the name of your favorite pet? Any obsessed fan or person who knows how to use Google can find out that her chihuahua's name is Tinkerbell. Using that information, the password can be reset and the account is compromised. The lesson here is use complex passwords which consist of numbers and letters. Not to mention, pick security questions that only you really know the answers to. Certain mobile carriers also have one other flaw that I want to mention. This exploit is done using a technique known as caller ID spoofing. Caller ID spoofing is calling from one number, but caller ID reports a different number than the caller originated from. For instance, if you've ever noticed that your cell phone voicemail does not require you to enter a passcode when calling from your cell phone, it's because caller ID recognizes this number and validates it, saving you the trouble of entering your passcode. But when it's spoofed coming from a fictitious number, the attacker has total control of your voicemail with very little effort. This is something to think about if your voicemail messages are extremely sensitive. Or it could just be a nuisance as people could change your outgoing greeting and embarrass you hardcore. If you've missed anything tonight, there's an article about all this on the Chris Perillo Show website and on tylersworld.com. Hey now, visit both sites every day. Have a great week. I'll see you next week. Make it a good one. I'm Tyler Cooper, signing off and logging out. You know, my hope is to find other, I guess, correspondents like Tyler. I, this is the second time he's done a tip like that, and he's just done a fantastic job. Uh, I, I like Tyler's tips. He's yeah. got good tips. And uh, actually, I guess I'll put out the call. If anybody has like regular tips they'd like to do, Tyler's big into the mobile scene. Uh, we'll take uh, any kind of person who's got a strong voice and, and, and sounds as professional, as in, in my opinion, as Tyler does when he leaves those messages. That's what those, that is. It's a voicemail message on my uh, one of my phone lines, and it, it sends it in an MP3, which, of course, makes it sound completely like it was saved as a voicemail that's what it is so uh yeah take a uh, if, if you'd like to just go ahead get in touch with me chris at perillo.com and uh yeah let, let, let's talk I, i'd love to be able to, to drop in regular segments like that to be able to 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 provide a broader reach uh of, of information two things that audience. i would love to hear 
uh, specifically, if if anybody specializes in either of these two things, uh, like a a short three minutes or less like sports related segment, um, not necessarily like a highlight of of you know sports uh, scores for the day, but sports commentary or uh, eBay shopping. Because I think there's a lot of people that uh, are, are into eBay. You know, I and, wonder if Chuck know more about eBay. I wonder if Chuck Eglinton would be interested in doing something like that. Um, I suppose Chuck. we should ask him. Yeah, because Chuck, he's the one. He, he runs RSSAuction.com, which is where you can go and sign up for. Well, let's say you want to search for something on eBay. So I could sell my RSS. No, you could search for something and then get an RSS feed for that search query. So if you always looking for. If you're always looking for things that have to do with Darth Vader, like me, I'm you know I collect Darth Vader figurines. Uh, I would go there, type in Darth Vader, hit enter, and it would give me a feed, a dynamic RSS feed that would automatically spit back all the latest uh, posts that had the word Darth Vader in it. It was really kind of neat. And uh, actually, Eric Rice is using them on BlogAuctions.com. I think that's the name of the website. He's using them. Uh, there's a specific way you can set up an RSS feed for each particular user on eBay. So if you want to track a certain user's, uh, what they're selling, uh, you can subscribe to their RSS feed, again, using RSS Auction. And Chuck Eglinton uh, is the person who, who helped put that together with his crack team of programmers who were – I don't know if they were on crack or not. I, that remains to be seen. So we've got our next guest lined up, and uh, we may uh, take uh, take him out through through the rest of the show. Um, inter- take out the rest of the show through – how do I want to say this? Uh, I want to say ha- basically – Have him on through the end of the hour. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> Thank you. Jake's a wonderful backup. Let me tell you, not only does he understand how to work all the slides and whistles and bells and everything, but he can help me get through a sentence. Thank you, Jake. And sometimes you need that. Jeff Kleinman uh, is another uh, friend of mine that I've I've known for for so many years. I first knew him when he was working for Intel. And uh, then, of course, we we met face-to-face, I think for the first time when I was working at Tech TV in San Francisco, and Jeff is down in Portland, and while we were doing the show, I get an IM from him, and I get IMs from all these great people, Steve Gilmore, <laughs> Sean Alexander, Tom Pohl, Jeffrey Kleinman, and so I said, hey, call in, and so we've got Jeffrey Kleinman on the line, let me see if I'm going to hope. So if somebody somewhere. hacked your IM list, uh, Paris Hilton style, <laughs> yeah. would everybody have to change their IM? No, I don't think so. All right, I'm going to try to pull uh, Jeff in here. And it may take a couple of seconds. It seems to take a couple of seconds after I click over. There is some latency. Okay. Jeff? Yes. Hey! You're hey, live. How's it going? It's going well. So I was explaining to everybody how, uh, and I don't know if you were listening to the stream at all, but I was explaining how we were doing this show and, and talking to various people and trying to figure things out when we lost our internet connection in the middle of the show, and I got an IM from you with this link. So apparently you you've got some fresh bit of news. Oh, oh about uh our dropping tech TV. Yeah, what's up? Well, you know, we had uh they're they're you know, they're going through a little bit of an identity crisis and I I think the big thing that that uh is part of that is that um people haven't been too happy that the screensavers isn't necessarily the screensavers anymore. Mhm. So they're going to be changing it to a thing called Attack of the Show, which is about as compelling a title as what they were calling our DVD segment, which was DVD Tuesday. 
Um, so yeah, they that, God, they were just uh, they just were shifting uh, their focus from being uh, uh, hey here's some neat tech stuff to trying to be hip and cool. And uh, anytime I think anybody goes out of their way to try to engineer to be hip and cool, uh, you know what happens. So yeah. uh, we we decided we decided to part company with them, and uh, um, we're not going to be running our DVD talk segment on them anymore. I gave up on being hip and cool oh, years ago. You know, in high school, I, I was like, I was the bee's knees. You know, remember that, Jake? Uh, no. Okay. Well, anyway, so Jeff, you run this website, DVD Talk dot com, and you've been doing this for a few years now. Yeah, I mean, we just uh, in January we celebrated our sixth anniversary. So, which I guess uh, in internet years is what. Eight years, <laughs> something like that. If you survived, yes. If you're still around, yes. And you, you've basically got a resource that sifts through the mire that is the the world of DVDs. Yeah, I mean, I guess our, our our real goal is like there are hundreds of DVDs out, and I mean, uh, the number of DVDs that we get in our office is is enough to bury a small child every week, and you know. Our goal is to sift through them and try to pick out the ones and, and let people know what's worth your time. Because, I mean, they're getting cheap enough now that, you know, it's like if you blow, you know, 10, 15 bucks on a bad movie, it's not going to be the end of the world. But you're also blowing 90 minutes to an hour or two hours. So, I mean, in this day and age, it's almost like your time and your time spending wasted on a bad film is, is almost as valuable as the money you're putting out for it. So we're really trying to make that whole job a lot easier for you and just kind of help find the ones that are great and kind of let you know what's out there. So we've got, to that end, we've got almost 11,000 DVD reviews and um, an online radio show and all sorts of columns and everything you can imagine around DVD. So you've got a community that, that is obviously involved with this and, and a, a bevy of contributors. How have they taken the, the, this bit of news that you're kind of parting ways with uh, the screensavers on Tech TV? Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to mention any studio names specifically, but I, I talked. I actually called one and apologized because the the latest the, they had reformatted the segment to have these like DVD do's and DVD don'ts, and we're all about you know sorting through and saying what's good and what sucks, and you know, hey, we're we're going to call it like we see it, but to try to come up with something that sucks for every DVD, sometimes you know. A DVD is actually really good, and <laughs> there isn't anything on it that you really want to bag on. But that didn't seem to kind of pass muster. So, um, we, 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 one of our writers reviewed the new Miyazaki DVDs, which we, you know, on the site we gave like our highest rating. They're they're great. I mean, this is great DVDs, and and I think because of this thing, you know, a negative was that you know on Misaka the Wind that there's two hours of storyboards. Well, yeah, two hours of storyboards might be a little more than you know, a normal human being could take, but um, most DVD fans aren't quite normal, and Miyazaki fans certainly aren't normal, which is a good thing, by the way. Um, and you know, so I called up the, the, the studio and said, hey, you know, sorry, sorry that, you know, that, that, that you know, our writers out there saying that two hours of, of Miyazaki storyboards isn't anything but you know, something worth, worth, worth checking out. So I think they appreciated it. And they're, you know, they're, studios, all they want are people to find their best product. And you know, all we want them is put is put out their best product. So you know, when the two meet, that's great. You know, uh, Jake and I had listened to 
a part of have you ever heard of the movie Rat Race? Uh which one? Rat Race. Rat Race. Yeah. Um, vaguely. Familiar. Okay, it, it was. I I never really heard about it either. But my fiance Ponzi said, "Oh, you got to watch Rat Race. It's really funny." And it. I think it was directed by Jerry Zucker. And uh, so I said, "Yeah, I'll give it a shot." And it was. It was. It was entertaining. Not to the. Not. It wasn't a cliffhanger. But uh, Jake and I watched this DVD on my Panasonic portable player on our way down to San Diego a couple weeks ago, and the battery died. And we were kind of like anxious to find out what happened in the movie. And so on our flight back, we watched the rest of the movie, and it had a very, very weak ending. But an interesting part of the uh, the DVD was the bonus material. Apparently, the writer and the director decided to call up all of the principal actors in the movie and talk to them. Like that was part of the DVD commentary was they called like John Lovitz. And they said, hey, John, this is so-and-so. We're recording this. And John was like, oh, and it was great because he was like busy and he was on his way – to England, and he said, "I gotta go. I gotta go. Let me go." And he hung up on him, and, and so they called him back. He says, "No," and he's actually playing around and, and trying to get packed to go off to England. It was just the most, I guess, bizarre or peculiar DVD bonus I've ever experienced. What about you? What is the most ex- unique DVD, if you want to say Easter egg or just bonus material you've ever run across? What's the one thing that jumps out at you? You know, it's it's always the the special feature that's long. You know, documentary that's longer than the, the movie itself. Um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is one of those where the the documentary of the DVD actually is longer than the movie itself. Um, same, I think the same thing's true with the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, where you've got the full length docu- documentary. Um, those those are the ones that kind of you know really jump out in mind. You know, obviously the there's also one on the Clerks X, uh, you know, 10-year anniversary of the Clerks one, which uh, is a documentary all about the the View Askew guys and uh, Kevin Smith and stuff. So those are, you know, to me, great movies are the things that always stick out in my mind. And so when they're great documentaries on a movie about the movie, those are the things that that I get excited about. How many DVDs do you have sitting like right next to your TV right now? Uh, well, that's a well. My DVD collection, if you might want to call it, is kind of divided between DVDs that I personally own, the gazillion DVDs that are about to go out to people who write for me, and the ones that are going to go out to people who won one uh, of the various giveaways on my site. And I often stare at the different piles going, ooh, there's that movie. I'd like to see that, and only to watch it kind of fly out the door to one of my reviewers or one of the, the, the giveaway winners. Um, so that didn't really answer your question, though. Uh, numbers, <laughs> God, I probably I probably only have in my own collection. I probably have like 400 DVDs. I'm not. I'm I'm actually personally. I'm very I'm very critical about because I see so many films on DVD. The ones I keep, the ones I want to have, are the ones I really want to watch again. Um, and then we probably have. I don't know, about 250, 300, maybe more sitting right here ready to go out hmm. for review. You know, I, I think it, for your case it makes sense because, of course, you review DVDs, so you don't have to necessarily you know, hold on to them all the time. Do, are you ever yeah. tempted to, though? Well, I mean, you know, there's, I mean, there's certain ones like, you know, well, what will happen is, is that I'll, I'll watch a movie, I'll turn around, I'll send it out, and then you know, a few weeks later I'll start pining for it. 
Um, that happened with the import version of a movie called Old Boy, um, which is a Korean film, which is like an amazing, amazing film. Um, and it'll come to theaters, so you'll be able to catch it. But, uh, yeah, once in a while I kind of get the DVD envy, and I have a little list here of, you know, the ones that got away that, you know, that, that, that uh, either I wanted to see or I'll, I'll get to see. And it just kind of it builds until, you know, one day I either, you know, go off and uh, go on, you know, pick up some DVDs in one of the sales of the retailers that we work with or trade with some of the ones that I have that I'm, I'm done with or, you know, once in a while some poor studio takes pity on me and, and grants me one of my my coveted titles. That happened with a movie called Last Life in the Universe that I, I saw, I fell in love with, and then I had to send, send along for review. And so, you know, I've got another copy of that coming so I can sit and enjoy it again someday. Ponzi wants me to ask you uh, what your favorite movie is. Oh, that's always an impossible question. I'll tell you some of my favorite movies. Sure, um, that works. Yeah, I can never, you never have the, the like when I when I think about my favorite movies, it's, there's never a number one because it it changes based on you know because they're so tied to the ones that you know kind of when I saw them and so on and so forth. You, you hear me delaying here while I, while I'm sorting through my brain <laughs> to figure out which one's going to come out first. You're sorting through um, whatever's so, sitting there. <laughs> You know, um, no, no, I mean, some of my favorite ones, you know, God, I, I, I Lawrence of Arabia, um, you know, and, and specifically the work of David Lean was, was real inspirational for me. Um, you know, Martin Scorsese work, you know, Raging Bull. Um, I, I'll never forget the day I first saw that movie um, and the feeling I had. Uh, what was the feeling? That, uh, just, just amazed and awe at the craftsmanship of film that, that that you could that, that you could tell a story, but you could do it in such a, a specific, crafted way as to create such a specific environment um, that that was was dazzling beyond just the story itself. Um, Hitchcock fan, obviously, but this, I mean, you, you feel trite when you start going through Hitchcock, and then you start you know saying, oh yeah, you like Star Wars and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, one that I like that people don't know I like is a is a film called Charade which is a, a 1960-something kind of romantic uh, action thriller with Catherine Hepburn and Terry Grant. Um, like that one a lot. Uh, more recent films, Fight Club, Existence, Amelie. Dude, hey, you're not supposed to talk about that. Which uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> you um, know what's going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me. <laughs> No, I agree. That was actually a fantastic movie. Fight Club was a great movie. Yeah, and that, you know, the funny thing is that's a movie, I mean, honestly, when I when I went and saw it in the theater, I walked out and I wasn't sure I felt about that film. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then I saw it again and it was just like, yeah, of course, this is a great movie. Um, and I think some of the great movies do make you kind of, do, don't leave you with a feeling of, of slam dunk at the end that, you know, kind of make you have to go away and chew on it for a bit. You know, one of the things that uh, you, you brought up earlier about uh, there, there was a Korean film that you saw on DVD that you think will be coming out here in, in the theaters. Now, for people who want to get foreign films on DVD before, before they come out in the theaters here or if they never come out in theaters here, what are the places that you would go to to find something like that? Well, um, the, the two top ones that I, you know, that I personally order from are uh, hkflix.com and yesasia.com. Um, those are the two main ones. There's also one in Hong Kong that's 
dddhouse.com. And between the three of those, I find that, you know, you do a little bit of price shopping, you know, you look who's got what titles in, because sometimes people just don't have a specific thing you're looking for. And uh, and then I try to order a couple at a time, because sometimes, you know, especially if I'm ordering from from uh, from overseas, you know, it takes a little while to get out here. So it's nice to get a package with four or five ones that you you know, kind of coveting. But uh yeah, I mean I'm on an Asian I'm on an Asian D V D kick right now, so I've been I've been watching a lot of movies that, you know, that, that have never hit US theaters or that won't or you know, or or that, that uh will but maybe not for a long time. Jake is kinda on the same kick actually. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Asian cinema lately because in general the uh the quality is a lot better than most of what's coming out of Hollywood right now. Yeah, it's just the horrors, the horrors, scarier and and bloody and 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 shocking. The dramas are are much less timid. Uh, I'm, I haven't found a lot of Asian comedies that have done for me. I'm not a Stephen Chow fan, and I know that that's blasphemy in some circles. You know, like I saw Kung Fu Hustle, and that I, I felt like it was like watching you know Looney Tunes, <laughs> but. Um, you know, but some people love that, and that's great. But uh, yeah, I mean, I watched a movie from Hong Kong last night called Butterfly, which was a you know great drama about this woman who kind of coming to terms with who she really is and about the relationships in her life. And you know, you find these gems, and it's just you know you wonder why why they can't get better distribution in theaters here. But uh, you know, at least that option exists to buy the, a region free DVD player and bring them in, and you know maybe it costs you twenty bucks a disc, which is you know. It's what it is, and, 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 you know, you can really see some great stuff. But Old Boy, I cannot say enough about Old Boy. This is, like, one of the most amazing films I've seen in years. Now, how do you spell and, that? Because it's, it, your, your voice isn't necessarily coming through perfectly clearly. Okay. It's Old Boy. Just O-L-D-B-O-Y. So Old Boy. Yep. Ponzi also wants to know what you think of Gone with the Wind, and this has been a source of contention for the two of us. I think it sucks. Well, I mean, you know, Gone Gone with the Wind is kind of the Mount Rushmore of of movies. It is it is one of these significant American films. So it's a bunch which, of stoic faces that are all stone like. <laughs> you know, I personally, you know, it, it's not on my top list, but I don't. I wouldn't disrespect somebody who who, who it is. It's you know, it's in the same camp I would put Wizard of Oz. I mean, a lot of people really like Wizard of Oz. And I like Wizard of Oz. It's, again, it's not on my... It wouldn't put it on my top 25 films. Um, but, uh, you know, th- those two films are these, you know, really uniquely classic American, you know, big films. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, some people... You know, it's a very political answer, I guess, because it sounds like the two disagree, so I wouldn't step in between a uh, significant <laughs> other... No, I... I've already been nudged, and she says that she wins, she wins, she wins. Yay. So <laughs> thanks, Jeff. No, really, I appreciate it. What, uh, what did you think, if you, if you had a chance to catch it, uh, of Zach Braff's Garden State? Of what? Uh, Garden State. It was done by Zach Braff. Oh, Garden State. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I really like Garden State. I mean, it, it's one of these movies that doesn't hold up to a, a great deal of hype, so I won't hype it. Um, but no, it's, I like the tone. The, the soundtrack is great. It's a good first film, and the DVD, the DVD is a great lesson of why you edit 
things out of the film to keep it moving, even if it's good stuff you edit it out. Um, so I, I, you know, that's one of the movies. That, that's one. It, it, it's in my collection, so it's one I've yeah. I've gone out and I've gotten. So well, I know that it, I I enjoyed it, and I enjoy uh, I enjoy Scrubs, uh, the show on N- NBC, which is arguably some of the best writing that's happening on television at this point in time. Uh, and, and Ponzi always remarks uh, of Garden State because he's a writer and director who's our age. Right. Are you? Yeah, I always look at I always look at people's first films with different eyes than I do the rest of their work. I mean, it is such an amazing task to get a film made. And your first film, you do. Most filmmakers have no idea what the experience is like. So for somebody to actually do a good first film. Uh, you know, I think that really says something. Fair enough. Well, you know, Jeff, is there any new project uh, uh, sitting on the horizon? You you just launched the uh, the radio. DV, is it DVDTalkRadio.com? Yeah, that's that's been a big focus. I mean, um, we've been, you know, doing that once a week. And uh, feedback's been pretty good on that. And we just added uh, the ability for people to listen to it right from the page right there with this neat little XML-based uh, flash-based player that I've been playing around with. Oh, yeah? You're playing with a flash player? Well, yeah. I mean, basically, it's, it's, it's neat because it, it, it's a flash player. Now I'm going to geek out on you, okay? So it's a flash player that reads um, an XSPF file, which is basically an open, an open source playlist file. It's, it looks a lot like XML. Mm-hmm. So I kind of hacked up a little thing on movable types so that when we post uh, DB Talk radio segments, it updates this XFPS file, and th- this little flash reader automatically picks that up. So whenever we update our, our uh, little flash player on the site, automatically has the latest uh, episode. Oh, that's neat. So you can get that. I mean, I you can it's open source, which is great, and uh, the uh, um, the author I. Sent a note to the author and said, "Hey, can can you do it? This and he added it within like an hour. Wow! Uh, it's a uh, music player. Dot sourceforge.net. Wow! And uh, I think it's cool. I mean, I think it has a lot. You know, it's cool for running a podcast when not everybody's set up for the podcasting software and such. Uh, and or for somebody who just wants to try out. In terms of listening to what you've been producing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, uh, if if it seems like you're always doing something, uh, you've got the DVDTalk.com, DVD Talk Radio, but are, are there any other projects beyond that? God, uh, now that now uh, that your your time is is freed from Tech TV. Yeah, my time is free with Tech TV. See, the the magic thing was I had a I had a writer doing, that. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I you know. Um, I mean, I can be here. I mean, aside aside from uh, managing a staff of uh, forty writers on uh, DVD Talk and uh, doing uh, ABC TV here in Portland every month, um, the DVDTalk.com, doing DVD Talk Radio. I'm also the morning reporter for DVD on 1190 KDX Radio here in Portland uh, on the Paul Lindman Show a couple times a week. So. Uh, that and I'm a dad to two kids, so uh, there, you know. And then you have to watch movies in between there. So uh, there's, I think that's what I'm going to be doing for a while. I don't, there aren't, aren't any other uh, 
you know, gigantic projects on the on, on the horizon. But I'll, I'll I will let you know if something bubbles up. <laughs> How old are your kids? Uh, my oldest is six, and my youngest is three. Hmm. So is, and, is uh, they're, they're very good critics. Is is the three year old learning their ABCs, or has that already been mastered? Uh, that's been mastered. Okay. I mean, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know. I, I, I've never, you know, dealt with a kid at, at really any age. Besides. Chris is still working on his ABCs. Oh, shut up. Well, no, I, I <laughs> uh, they might be giants. Just released uh, a DVD of uh, of the oh, ABCs. Great. Yeah, and I've listened to the MP3s. Uh, I you were able to download them well after you pay like ten bucks to, to to get the album in either MP3 or FLAC format, and uh, it seemed like. They were the music was good on its own, but it, if you were going to buy it, you should just buy the DVD for the visual presentation of it for the kid. So I'm just I'd I'd just be curious to know. I don't know, Jake. Did you plan on picking that up for Wyatt the DVD? I, I might consider it. I, I want to. I haven't actually heard the songs yet, so um, good. I, I, I would want to check it out. My three-year-old Aaron, he he. I mean, he went to bed tonight listening to that album. Really? So that's his. Yeah, he loves it. He loves it. And uh, the music is, you know, the my litmus test for kids' entertainment is t- twofold. One is, do the kids like it? And then, can I stand it? Now, <laughs> if the kids like it, and I not only can stand it, but like it too, you know, hey, you've you, you got a place in my home. A win-win. And uh, They Might Be Giants, uh, Here Come the ABCs is definitely one of those ones where, you know, I, I hum some of those songs. They're great. I mean, they might be giants. They're great guys. They, you, they, they, they're really quality musicians, and they know their stuff. You might want to pick up No as well, and O. That's the, the title of the album. It, it was their first, uh, I guess, uh, album that was specifically designed for kids. And uh, that was released a, a couple of years ago. And the songs on that album, um, obviously not bent towards like learning something, the ABCs, but uh, no, even for an adult, is a very enjoyable album. For someone who likes They Might Be Giants, it, it's available also at uh, theymightbegiants.com. And you don't necessarily need to – I think they made a couple of videos, but you don't necessarily need to get the DVD for no. Um, I think it's an, an enhanced CD, though, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I've, I've actually spun it since I listened to everything digitally. But if you like Here Come the ABCs, no is, is a definite must-have. And yeah, I, it's something that uh, I'm going to add to our list. I, I'm not like you know a DVD you know or a music uh, writer a reviewer, so I, I'm just speaking from experience. Well, basically, if like, you I don't it, know much about art, but I know what I like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you know you like something, that's really all that matters. Yeah. Well, and as a matter of fact, uh, we were on up in Vancouver this weekend. We were up there with Robert Scoble uh, eating at a great Persian place uh, in Vancouver called Pink Elephant. And uh, on our way home, he pops in a CD uh, of the Black Eyed Peas. And I've heard their songs before, but I never really you know, listened to their album necessarily. But apparently they purchased the CD because of the song that uh, was being played with the iPod commercials that the Black Eyed Peas do. And I, unfortunately, I can't remember the title of the song. I'm sure Ponzi will ring my neck for let's not remembering. Let's get started. Yeah, yeah, say, isn't that like let's that. get retarded? Um, which well, I, I didn't realize that was the actual lyric uh but it, great so now yeah i have a copy of the album because robert was listening to it because of the ipod commercial did you catch the announcements today on uh the ipods jeff what was that no i didn't uh, yeah apparently they've they've upgraded just about everything and now they've got a 60 gigabyte uh ipod photo they're going to be uh, unleashing 
Are you someone who listens to uh, a lot of digital music on the go? Um, almost didn't catch that. Do I listen to a lot of digital music? Yeah, or just music on the go. Um, like, you know, I, because I work out of a home office, I mean, I, I tend to listen to a lot of streaming audio. So, I mean, I, I'm one of those music match jukebox guys, but um, I think I'm grossly overpaying for it. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, more and more on my, on my MP3 player, I've been listening to podcasts, mostly because I'm, you know, doing more podcasting, so I kind of want to listen to what other people are doing, and then you get, you know, involved in these podcasts, you know, like uh, Viva Podcast, which I listen to a bit, and uh, Daily Source Code, and, you know, some of the other ones, um, you know, and especially when you, you know, your reports on, on some of the conferences and stuff, and so, so you know, you're really to talk than you are to music. Yeah, I mean the, the podcast definitely can go either way, and I think it just depends on on the goal of of the person who's originating them. And uh, it seems that you've got a, a pretty live and, and active audience over at DVD Talk, and uh, undoubtedly they'll follow you into the new venture. Sorry, what was that? Uh, you've got a good community. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the connection's a, a little rough right now. I, yeah, it's okay. I, this is actually, Jeff, uh, the first night that we've had a live chat working, and th- this is the – you're our fourth caller tonight. So, and cool. It, yeah, I mean it, it, we're basically giving people the number. We're not exactly sharing the number. Even though it does begin with area code 404, it, it Yeah, just, I, was, I, I saw that. I was like uh, – 404, Chris not found. Yeah, exactly. I, I picked that on purpose. You can choose when you when you set up, at least with Voice Pulse, which is what we're using for the, the VoIP uh, bridge, the Voice over IP bridge, um, which is how we're talking to one another right now, Voice over IP. Uh, you could pick your phone number. I said, well, I wonder if 404 is an area code. And sure enough, it's in Atlanta, Georgia, 404. So we, uh, we, we are officially our phone number is in Atlanta, Georgia, just to start with a 404, even though we are physically in uh, Seattle at this point. Well, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're using the K7 for our uh, listener line. So our, our viewer comment line is uh, for the for DVD Talk Radio is up in uh, Seattle. So I, when I'm always giving it out, I'm always like, you know, 206, but we're not in Seattle. <laughs> oh, no. Well, how, how is that handled then? You, you've got a, a recording system set up. Uh, is it just recording it into a WAV file? Uh, for the... Uh, if you were to leave a message. Line, it goes through k7.net, which is, you know, they call in to uh, basically a voicemail line, and it emails us um, the MP3 of it. Uh, so the quality... I've been playing around with the quality of it, um, I think if sometimes if people call them from their cell phones, you know, they don't realize the quality isn't always that great than to rebroadcast it on a podcast. So, and if you're calling from Australia on a cell phone, <laughs> it's not always great. No. We've had that, so. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I, I've seeded uh, uh, out my toll-free number that people can use to, to call and leave a message. And a few people have called in, and it's worked very well. Like this, this individual who writes for us, uh, his name's Tyler. And uh, he, he's now uh, – I'm making him one of our first like contributors like uh, in, in terms of the way he's doing it, uh, covering a certain type of – like a tip, like he talks about mobile stuff. And he just calls uh, – people just call into the system. I tell him, hey, it's not going to be edited, so leave the right message. Well, unfortunately, he did it twice, and both of them came through. And the first time we played it back tonight, we accidentally played the one that got cut off. So it can be oh, a little – 
it, it can be a little tricky, but uh, I definitely think it's it's an easy way to go, especially if it gets sent um, in an audio format that's ready to drag and drop into the stream. Jake has issues with the quality, but I guess I'm a lot more forgiving with that. Well, my issues yeah, with the quality are if if we're starting with a compressed file and we're sending it out it, under compression to the internet, it, it's not going to sound very good. No, it actually didn't sound bad. I heard it tonight. It didn't, it didn't sound all that bad. I mean, I think uh, I think it sounds like you know, like any any time you've got a radio show and you've got somebody who's calling in, um, the fidelity is always going to be it's going to you know it's a phone. It's you know it's it's a different uh, kind of fidelity. But uh, of course, it's not going to sound as 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 luscious as the microphones you guys are using today. Yes, they're very luscious. It, it, and and with with any luck, we ordered a couple of a uh, a couple of new machines, the dedicated machines for uh, this stuff, so that it'll be easier for us to you know pretty much not have to kind of put things together because the, we have to literally assemble the radio station every Thursday evening, and 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 it's definitely I think wearing on both of us at this point. But uh, our new machines should be here soon, as well as new headsets. Yes, the new headsets. The new headsets will, in theory, be done by Saturday. Well, we so we've been piecing it together as we've kind of gone along, and it's it's been an interesting experience uh, to to be able to do to do this. Um, but I'm I'm definitely having a lot of fun. Yeah, I, you know, I, it, it's the thing about online broadcasting is it makes it really harkens back to the earlier days of the internet when we were you know when when I was doing the climate report and you were doing the locker gnome from inside of your locker, <laughs> uh, and uh, or actually your basement uh, down in uh, in Iowa and. And it, I think, you know, it's just got that feel of, hey, you know, the rules aren't all set. We can kind of figure this out. We can create things. We can innovate things. The attention's sort of there on it, but not so much that your, your every move is being, you know, examined as meaning something else. So, I, I'm, I've, you know, I've been having a real thrill with doing DVD Talk Radio, and, you know, I find that... Uh, um, the people coming our site are enjoying the different the fact that there's more than just words on the page. Well, Jeff, uh, you know, uh, thank you for spending the t- the time that you have with us. Uh, I-, I appreciate it, and especially for sending me the IM earlier. Oh, great! Yeah, well, it's uh, it's you know, great to finally be able to to call into uh, the Chris Perillo show <laughs> and be a part of it. Well, yeah. Like I said, I've, I've I've listened to uh, the uh, especially the interview. I totally dug the interviews from the blog business conference. I mm-hmm. you know uh, helped me get through uh, between mile four and mile five on a run I was doing, and you know it was just like uh, you know running running an inspiration. So did you uh, uh, did, good stuff, my friend? Did you listen to the beer casting one? I have not listened to the beer casting one. I, I'm just getting back from a, from an awful cold, so my my uh, my my usual podcast listening time, which is on a on a uh, elliptical or a uh on a um treadmill has been uh, kind of cut down with this this, this ugly cold but Yikes. uh i've got it i've got it in my to be synced pile <laughs> that's no worries you know I, if anybody's listening uh very very happy we we ended up having some tef- technical di- issues uh or difficulties tonight um may have lost a few people but uh, if anybody's listening to this uh we certainly appreciate it yeah all right. Well, Jeff, thanks again for your time. And next time cool. you're you're up in Seattle, let me know, and and we'll have to like actually have a, a real sit down. We'll absolutely do that. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Bye, Jeff. Okay. Bye, bye. We're uh, winding down or getting ready to wind down. We've got about 15 minutes left of the program, and, and Ponzi is screaming for popcorn already. 
popcorn, which has pretty much become a weekly tradition here on the Chris Perillo show. So, what, we need to take a break so that she can make some popcorn? Is that what she's implying? I don't know. Do we even have anything that we could take a break with? Um, I don't think that there's anything on here that I, that I would want to replay again at this point. Because, yeah. Um, I, I, because my laptop died earlier today, and uh, all of the audio segments that I would normally bring with me are on the laptop, I grabbed all of the like absolutely necessary segments and left everything else behind. I mean, I, I none of my data is is missing at all. Like I, I recovered a hundred percent of my data. <laughs> but and, and and I mean, I have this stuff backed up on CD too. But I didn't really want to dig through my stacks of CDs and figure out you know which CD I needed to bring, considering I was trying to get my uh, all of my life transported over from my uh, laptop to my tablet PC. And uh, so my my laptop is back at Best Buy for the third time since September. What kind of laptop do you have? It, it is or a did. Toshiba. It is a Toshiba Satellite uh, P15S479 or something like that. All I needed to hear was Toshiba, and that's enough. And it's it's really too bad because, I, in general, I like the laptop. I don't like where they put the Windows key, but other than that, I, I like the yeah. laptop. I, I don't understand why manufacturers uh, of, of laptop keyboards seem to want to place the Windows key Anywhere other than where it's at on a regular keyboard. Yeah, instead I get the uh, apostrophe and uh, um, tilde key, where like like where an alt key would be, and the alt key is shifted over to where the Windows key would be, and <sighs> the Windows key is up in the upper right corner. And I'm like, okay, I could handle them switching the tilde key from the left side of the keyboard to the right side of the keyboard and leaving the Windows key where it's at. So now wait, what happened to your laptop this time? Uh, this time the wireless card was dying a slow death. Uh, it's got an internal integrated wireless card. And, um, several days ago I noticed that my, uh, wire, my ability to, uh, transfer data, uh, was greatly impeded. I I was getting, uh, approximately three to seven K per second transfer rates, um, whereas normally I would get, you know, you know, whatever, whatever it maxed out at on the, the, uh, 11 megabits per second connection. And so I'm like, well, Hmm, maybe it's just that I'm not like, I, I've got something wrong with the router or something else. So I, I plug in a USB, uh, wireless card and magically everything's fine. So it was definitely the wireless card having a problem. I think, uh, what happened was the wireless card died. Um, which then was throwing device errors at Windows. And so then I was in this like cycle of blue screens that I couldn't get rid of because you cannot disable the wireless card in the BIOS because they don't give you that access in the BIOS. Do any like laptop manufacturers do that, though? I've never seen wireless in the BIOS. I've seen LAN. I've seen well, modem. I've no, seen but I mean, there are, there are lots of things. I can't disable the audio in the BIOS either for that oh. matter. It's just like they, they give you like very limited access in the BIOS to uh, what's on the laptop. Well, I suppose, though, on a laptop, you really wouldn't disable the audio. Now, you, on the other hand, you've, of course, got the uh, the PCMCIA version of the Audigy yeah. and are using that. So you wouldn't, of course, need to use the onboard audio. But see, I would love to be able to disable that, the, oh, the sure. other audio card because if I don't need it, why, why would I want to have it on? And Ponzi's still kind of wrestling. Well, she wants one. She doesn't care. She just wants a laptop. But I'm wrestling with what I should, uh, I guess, decide for her. Be- uh, yeah, she wants a laptop, but I'm just not going to make the wrong decision because I've, I've, I've seen laptops and I've used laptops that just kind of stink. 
Well, I mean, look at what, what apps does she want to be able to run on the laptop? Uh, by and large, I, I think she's looking for you know compatibility with what she has on her desktop machine at home. So, so that probably rules out uh, Apple products. Most likely. Now, well, Ponzi's in, in the process of making popcorn right now. But Ponzi, if if you want to approach the mic and, and tell us what you want in a laptop, what you're looking for specifically, are you looking for the same programs and applications that you have on your desktop machine or not? Yes, I would like the same things, but I, mainly I want it to be very light because I always have to carry my purse and a backpack and 50 million other things. So I want the computer to be very light. I would say either Fujitsu or Sony offer probably two of the lightest model laptops that are available. And uh, no, not Sony. See, Chris won't let me have Sony. Uh, I won't let deal. anybody have Sony, man. The, the, the service on those things, forget about it. No, 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 no not a Sony. Wait, what do you mean the service on them? Oh, ask anybody about service on any kind of Sony product, like Sony computer products. Their service sucks. If it breaks, ain't no taking it back to Best Buy. Well, if you buy the Best Buy service plan, you can take anything back to Best Buy. Oh. Sony. Uh, Okay, wait. No, you purchase it. It's just like Eric Mishka. He said, oh, no, no, it'll be great. And then it broke. I said, I told you, because he kept taking it back, much like your laptop. No, and I realized that I have – but the thing is, I can take it back. And it gets fixed, and it doesn't cost me anything to get it fixed. Yes, but you're still out of laptop right now. If you had made a, a different laptop decision, a better laptop decision that was, less, let's say, not as prone to problems, like I'm thinking an IBM ThinkPad. IBM, if you want, if you want durability and reliability, everybody yeah. that I've ever talked to says that IBM's really good. But I have also heard a lot of people say good things about Sony laptops, despite what you're, you're suggesting here. And Fujitsu is another one that would definitely be worth looking at. They're kind of like not as well known in the laptop market, but in general, they're lighter weight. Um, it, they they have I think it's their Lifebook series. I want to say um, is is their lightweight series, and uh, they actually have a thing where you can uh, where they will give you like about twelve hours of battery life because you can swap out the uh, the DVD drive for for a second battery, hmm. giving you like massive battery life. Um, which for traveling obviously is an important thing. Um, and, uh, in general, I don't think that there've been too many problems from anybody that I've heard that use Fujitsu as a, as a laptop product. Well, I, I think, uh, we're getting closer to, to, to getting a laptop and I have a feeling that, uh, it, I want to wait until I have a feeling she's going to get one on her own, but, uh, I, I would rather wait until the new, models of Centrino are released because of course they just Intel announced that they've got uh now they've optimized for speed not necessarily just for power and I think that's important well and and the new version of Centrino actually supports uh wireless G correct uh on board on board yeah uh, if if not I'd be surprised G's been around for quite a while and of course now they have N you know, just 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 around the time that you know we finally figured out B now of course they're three standards deep well but isn't N backwards compatible with everything? It should be backwards compatible, but it may be an issue of, like, with the G network, if you put a, uh, let's say you've got a laptop that's connecting to a wireless router that's a G router, uh, 802.11G uh, router, um, and it's connecting with a, a 802.11B protocol, it slows the, the wireless network connectivity down to the B level, correct? Well... It slows it down to somewhere between B and G. Okay. So if you have a G-capable device, it might be connecting at like 22 megabits per second. 
uh, instead of the, the full 54. So, Which, you know, is still not that bad. And, and, you know, ultimately with all of the B devices that I've had, I haven't really noticed any problems other than if you try to stream video across the network, it will choke big time on an 802.11b connection because it's just not fast enough for, like, full motion streaming video. That's the one thing. You know, once, once more devices uh, – everything in my house is pretty much B. When more devices, uh, you know, start creeping into this house that have support for G and B or and or – um, then I'm most likely going to be upgrading to a, a G router, but until then, I'm not going to I'm not going to spend the money. There's no point because I don't really have any G devices to take advantage of it. And yeah, I could go out and buy a card, but you know, what's the point? But if the new if, if the new laptops that that we get uh, end up supporting it, then uh, yeah, I'm all for it. So yeah, I, I'm look I'm thinking an IBM ThinkPad. The one thing that would keep me from an IBM ThinkPad is they don't not every one of them, and I don't know if this is the case for every one of them, but uh, they don't come with windows keys like they don't come with a windows key at all at all hmm i might have a problem with that yeah i have a major problem with that um and i suppose you could probably do some fancy remapping but you know but the, it doesn't have the windows key there's too many keyboard shortcuts that i rely on that use the windows key i don't think i i, I wouldn't know how to function like i had a uh i had one of those old ibm clacker keyboards that weighs like 10 pounds and and uh is yeah. like indestructible it doesn't have a windows key and uh, I, I pretty much had to give up using it because I just was so frustrated with not having the, the keys there that I wanted. By the way, Tom says that it depends on the access point uh, as far as I'm assuming it's between the G and the B. So, oh, how well it scales? Yeah. So it may be the issue about how much money you want to spend. Probably much like the same thing with, uh, what is it, 5.8 gigahertz wireless phones? Yeah. Uh, you know, some of them you'll purchase them thinking, oh, great, now I'm not interrupting things that are also running on the spectrum. And what you have to understand, if you buy a 2.4 gigahertz wireless phone, yes, the, the, the quality may be better. Your range, though, is going to be shorter because, of course, it's a higher frequency. That's just the way radio waves work. But you're also going to find a lot more interference with Wi-Fi networks, uh, possibly, you know, when the microwave is on, all these things that operate on the same frequency. Well, with these 5.8 gigahertz wireless phones in much the same way sometimes even though it says 5.8 that may not be 5.8 both ways it may be from the base to the phone but not necessarily the phone back to the base because sometimes it goes 5.8 gigahertz uh, from the base to the phone but only 2.4 from the phone to the base and of course that is not a true 5.8 so before you go and purchase a 5.8 gigahertz wireless phone thinking that you're going to avoid any uh, communication issues that might crop up uh, with any existing wireless networks like a, a 2.4 that's pretty much Wi-Fi uh, network uh, make sure that the, the, the one that you get is going to be able to go 5.8 both ways, not only from the phone to the base, but the base to the phone. And if you've ever used a uh, wireless connection in a house with a phone with 2.4 gigahertz and had your connection go down every time somebody picked up the phone, uh, it's definitely something you do not want to have to experience because it is very, very frustrating. But the nice thing is, is as I said, uh, you know, the higher up the frequency goes, the shorter your range is going to be. So don't think you're going to get a 5.8 uh, gigahertz wireless phone and get the range that you, you currently have on, let's say, if you have, like me, 
the only wireless phones I have in the house right now are 900 megahertz. I just I, I haven't moved any higher than that just because of the cost. I mean, it, it cost me about what 20 bucks to replace a, a 900 megahertz phone versus having to spend maybe three four hundred dollars on on a true 5.8 gigahertz wireless phone. I, I think that the 5.8 gigahertz phones are only in the like hundred to hundred and fifty dollar range now. But buying the right one. Yeah, no, I mean, question. no, I mean the the ones that actually work, I think, are are only about one hundred fifty bucks. Not bad, but at this point, I really don't see the the, the true need as of yet to to move from nine hundred to a five point eight because, I mean, by and large, I mean the, the the distance is going to be a lot shorter. I mean, more than anything else, and it's not like we live in a mansion here. Well, but it's nice to be able to uh, walk from here down to the lake and still be able to talk on the phone. You know, well, I've never done that on a 900 megahertz. I don't think I can get as far as the end of the driveway before it starts crackling up, but I couldn't even go half that distance on a 5.8. Again, it's the way you got to remember, we're talking about not just numbers, not arbitrary numbers. These are radio frequencies. And if you remember back in, I don't know what class it would have been for you, maybe a science class, um, you know, the the, the higher the frequency, the shorter the wavelength. So it's only going to be able to go so far. And the lower the frequency, the longer the wavelength, and so it's going to be able to stretch further. And that's why you'll have some people complaining about uh, you know, their 5.8 ranges versus what they could get on a 2.4 or 900, and it's just, it's just, this is just the way they go, it goes. I suppose you could probably install like repeaters uh, like you would for a Wi-Fi network that may help I- extend the range. I, w- I, w- I would imagine they would have things like that available. I would assume so. Um, I haven't ever... I've never know, looked into that. I, well, I haven't, I haven't even gone that route. I mean, if Wi-Fi works for me, I'm happy. But uh, I think after getting the Media Center edition, transferring files back and forth, I think, would be uh, helped a lot by moving to G. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what kind of laptop we can find for Ponzi. Tom's voting for Mac. Um, I don't know. May, maybe. Well, you could get a Mac and uh, run Virtual PC on it. And with the G4 processors, it does work really, really well. Virtual. Well, I suppose yeah, we could run a virtual PC if she needed any Windows applications. But I don't know. I don't know if she's ready for the power of OS ten. I, I, although I will say that I wouldn't have to worry about spyware. That's for sure. That that would that would be the number one reason why I, I would want to move her to OS ten is because the the spyware issue would uh, disappear entirely, in my opinion. So if you can't hear that in the background, Ponzi is cooking popcorn, and you know what that means, folks. It means, yeah, it, it means we have time, to go. It's time for us we to go. We have to wrap up, folks. So anyway, thanks for listening again. The show was brought to you by Microsoft Windows Media. If you haven't downloaded the latest player, Player 10, go ahead and swing by Microsoft.com forward slash Windows Media. And, of course, the live stream came to you courtesy of Limelight Networks. And uh, we'll be back next week uh, with tons of interviews from Search Engine Strategies in New York coming to you courtesy of MSN Search. And uh, have a, a wonderful week, and uh, we'll, we'll eat you later. The Chris Perillo Show is brought to you by Microsoft Windows Media. Windows Media Player 10 is the all-in-one media player that provides the best experience for discovering, playing, and taking your digital entertainment anywhere. Download Windows Media Player 10 from Microsoft.com slash Windows Media. Live streaming of the show is provided by Limelight Networks. Comprehensive solutions that reduce the cost and complexity of delivering an engaging Internet experience. Archived Windows Media and MP3 versions of past shows are available from ChrisPerilloShow.com. Listen to The Chris Perillo Show live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific.